All right, y'all. It's confession time. Y'all always come to me, so I'm going to go to you guys. Probably one of my greatest vices, probably one of my worst sins, if I'm going to be honest with you guys, is the fact that I probably read the news way too much. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, like, whenever I wake up in the morning, probably one of the first things I do is just go and check the news. What's been going on? What's happening in Europe? What's happening in America? And I'm just constantly surveillancing things. And, you know, the, the, the bad part about this sin is that it's not exactly like a very, like, terrible sin. Like, it's not exactly like I'm, like, stealing money from old ladies' purses or anything like that. Like, that's really bad. Watching the news, it's like, okay, yeah, that's not too bad. And, you know, it's even worse, though. Is that I'm not just like looking at the news, I'm looking at Catholic news. So I can justify it further because it's kind of my job. Like, I need to know what's going on in the Catholic world, right? Like, that's like, that's part of like, you know, the duties of a priest. And so, you know, but unfortunately, after five hours of looking at it, it's probably not such a good idea. One of the things that I've noticed, though, is that as I more and more I read the news, more and more as I read the Catholic news, is that even though like I, I, I learn a lot about you know, what's been going on, I'm finding out more and more, and I don't know why I need to read the news to know this, but that the world is full of anxiety. It's just constantly filled with worry. Everybody's worried about everything. And I'm not saying that's not justified. There's a lot of bad things going on in all sorts of fears of the world, including the Catholic world. And the fact of the matter is things are just kind of chaotic. Things are out of control. And I mean, a lot of these problems that people are worried about are very, very complex problems. A lot of that gets reported that these days are global warming, immigration. I mean, immigration, you know, legalization of abortion, all kinds of stuff that, that just take a lot to work out, a lot of, a lot of kinks and a lot of knots, especially these, these big nebulous issues like global warming and immigration, you can say. And I mean, the reality, though, is if, if somebody reads too much of this stuff, and immerse themselves in this, they can incur a burden of complexity. This is not good. In fact, clinical psychologist Jordan Peterson has even gone so far as to say that the greatest problem in the world is the problem of complexity. And the reason why he says this, the reason why he says the problem of complexity is the greatest problem in the world, is because he says that for some people, their life gets so complicated, they would rather be dead than deal with their problems. That for some people, their life gets so complicated. They lose their job, they get cancer, their children won't talk to them, they don't have any friends, they don't really have, a, they don't really have a, a, any hobbies, they have nothing to the point where, you know, their life is just so complex, they have so many problems that they even believe that death is a solution to their problem. It's a true, horrible tragedy. Jordan Peterson even goes on to say that the vast majority of mental illness stems from people's lives being way too complicated. He says that it's like that, it, that, our, that our, our minds can be like a balloon. And it can be filled with air, with air more and more. Air can be symbolic of problems, 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 problems. And eventually, it bursts at the weakest point of the balloon. He says that's a manifestation of mental illness. It bursts at the weakest point of, ours, of, our, of our minds. And this is, I dare say, very problematic. I mean, mental illness, suicides, all this arising amongst our age group, guys. This is a real, real problem. And it's usually stemming from the complexity of our lives and the complexity of life around us. So here's the question. How do we overcome such complexity? 
How do we overcome the burden of the news, the burden of our lives, the burden of these technological advancements, these contradictory ideologies, the burden of, of, of people that maybe make our life difficult? And I'm going to propose this is the answer. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. A fitting answer on Trinity Sunday. I'm going to argue that the Trinity is the antidote for insanity. And the way we can see this is in four ways. The first thing we need if we're going to overcome insanity, if we're going to overcome complexity, if we're going to overcome the burden of living in this world, is we need a rock, a foundation, something to stand on, something to plant our feet. Not sand, not, 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 not water, a rock. Something that we could really, really rest on. And the fact of the matter is, the first person in the Trinity, God the Father, is that rock. Because he is the one from whom all comes from. He's the one from whom the Son is born. He's the one who primarily the Holy Spirit proceeds from. And it's for this reason that St. Augustine looks to God the Father and says, God the Father is the principle of the whole deity. God the Father is the principle of the whole deity. I don't think it's a coincidence that he mentions this. Because according to St. Thomas Aquinas, the word principle signifies that from which another thing proceeds. What else are principles? Absolute truth. Things that, make, that, that always ring true no matter what. The, 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 the constant of gravity, the electrical constant equals mc squared. These things are things like principles. These things maintain truth no matter what. They're absolute, they're total, they're final, just like God the Father. And I would argue that if we want to find some sort of sanity in this world, that that's one of the things we need to cling to. We need to cling to our principles. We need to cling to our eternal truths. We need to cling to our dogmas. This is one of the unique marks of Catholicism. And for years, people have argued that dogmas are one of the most repressive dimensions of the Catholic Church. But I would argue that dogmas are actually the most liberating part. Because the minute we can accept the truths of the faith is the minute we can become free from the burden, the complex burden of having to define our own dogmas. The complex burden of having to make our own truth. Something that we could never ever fully do well and we can never ever honestly complete in this lifetime. And even if we do, quote, so say complete, it won't be nearly as good as what the Catholic Church has to offer. It'll be like a second, it'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be a, generic, a generic fake. But another thing that dogma enables us to do is it helps us to live well. I think a lot of dogma in the same way I think of music theory or basically like learning, learning the art of music. You see, I mean, any one of us can go and just bang on the keys to that piano. But only those of us who truly understand the principles of the piano, the notes of the piano, where a middle C is, where, what a B flat is, what an A sharp is, to really understand what exactly those things signify, what those things mean, and what those notes on the page actually represent. Only then, when we really recognize the principles of the piano, can we properly play it. Actually, that was some pretty good alliteration. I didn't mean to say that. That was cool. The principles of the piano to properly play it. But the fact that this, there's no, actually, there's no buts. The, the reality is, there's, the reality is, is that that's how life is meant to be lived. 
If we have the principle of life, we can play it well. If we have the principles behind, if we know the dogmas, if we know the doctrines, then we will have exactly what it takes to play those keys of life and play it beautifully. All the more reason to have God the Father. And you know who agrees with me? You guessed it. Jordan Peterson. Here's what he says. He says that Catholicism is the sanest people can get. Now, Jordan Peterson's no Catholic. He's not even really a Christian. He actually doesn't really believe in much of anything. But he does say that Catholicism is as sane as people can get. And whenever he's asked, why? Why is Catholicism as sane as people can get? Here's what he says. Because we need a metaphysic. Something beyond physics. In case you're wondering what a metaphysic is. We need a metaphysic. A metaphysic to hold us together. That has to be predicated on something that is absolute. A metaphysic that holds us together that is predicated on something that is absolute. Not something, not something like sand, not something like water, something like a rock. Something absolute. And to lose that, he says, you'll fall for something else. Or even worse, you'll fall for absolutely nothing. Guys, that's what dogma provides. Dogma provides that metaphysic of absolute truth that grounds us in sanity, that grounds us in reason. And that's why we are called to have a strong relationship with God, our Father. Because he is the provider of the dogma, he's the provider of the reason, and he's the provider of the principles of life that you and I need to strive for and live well. It's the reason why it's so important to learn our Catholic faith. The second aspect of the Trinity that, that can benefit us is the second person, God the Son. The second person of the Trinity shows us the role of the Son in the Trinity, and it shows us that that role is wisdom. Our second reading demonstrates this, this beautifully, that wisdom is the craftsman that accompanies God to form the earth. And what he's basically doing, what wisdom basically is, as lived and imitated by Jesus Christ, is that wisdom learns to take the dogmas of life, to take the doctrines of life, and apply them. To take the doctrines of life and apply them. That is the definition of wisdom. It's nice to know the Catholic faith. Anybody can know the Catholic faith. But only a truly wise person can apply it. Can allow it it to dictate our lives and to allow us to play life well. That's the purpose of 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 this dogma. That's the purpose of these doctrines. And that is the difference between a wise person and a fool. A fool acts on his impulses. A wise man acts on his principles. A fool cannot explain himself, and a wise man doesn't need to. And there was no wiser man than Jesus Christ. This virtue, dare I say, is incredibly important in today's age. Because if dogma is the foundation of our lives, if that's the rock that we're going to stand on, wisdom is the house that builds us up and protects us from the evil and the chaos of the world. Wisdom shows us what we can take and what we can't. Wisdom shows us what's right and what's wrong. Wisdom takes dogma and takes life and says what is right, what, what lines up and what doesn't. It's wisdom that we use to sort it all out. And that, that wisdom comes and is embodied in the person of, the, of Jesus Christ. And it's especially lived out and best, best produced in prayer. Where we take our lives and bring it to the Father and allow him to teach us what is right and what is wrong. And finally, or thirdly, excuse me, not finally... The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Now, 
So the scriptures, St. Augustine, Peter Lombard, almost everybody describes the Holy, the Holy Spirit with one word. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. Love. The Holy Spirit is the production of love between the Father and the Son. Which is why we say the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. Because with the Father and the Son, we have two perfect people. And with two perfect people, their love between one another makes another perfect person. Exactly like them in every way. Which is why the Holy Spirit represents love. And yet it's so fitting that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Because it makes sense within our reasoning. You see, we have the, we have the foundation, we have the dogma of the Father. We have the house, we have the wisdom, Jesus Christ. But we all know that a house isn't a home until it has love. That a house isn't a place you want to go until there is love there. Until there's, there's a place of belonging, a place where you know that you're taken care of. But the fact of the matter is, love can only exist where there is first knowledge. Where there is first reason. You cannot love something you don't know. It's not possible. I mean, think about your own life and your own relationships. You know, you meet a girl, you think she's really cute, you know, what do you do? You get her number. Hopefully you do. Don't go stalk her on Instagram or anything like that. It's bad business, all right? Go get her number, all right? And then, you know, then you start talking and then you get to know them. And then, you know, before you know it, oh, wow, I really like this girl. And bada bing, bada boom, you're married. It's wonderful. Call me first, though, all right? But, like, that's how it works. I mean, we need to know somebody before we can actually love them. It's the same thing with people. It's the same thing with things. That's, that's how it works. Loving follows knowing. And that's something our world's forgotten. We've, we've, we've taken love and turned it into a dictatorship. You've got to love and accept everything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's some things that we can love and some things that we can't. There's some things that are good and some things that are bad. And that's why we need wisdom and that's why we need dogma. Love without wisdom and dogma is, is just... It's just frivolousness, and it just leads to pure tyranny, and, it, and it, what, what ends up happening is we end up loving things that are not worth loving. We end up staking our identity to things that are not worth staking our identity to. Our race, our sexual orientation, our, 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 excuse me, our citizenship, none of these things are worth giving it, putting all the chips in the basket for. These things might have a part to play in our lives, but the only thing that really matters is the dogma and the reality and the fact of the matter is that you and I are sons and daughters of God. That's all that matters. And finally, the, third, the fourth thing, and that is that God is a community. Notice that the Lord is not a single person. That is not the Catholic understanding of God. God is a community of persons. He's a trinity. And that shows you and I how we're meant to live this out. We're not meant to do it alone. That's an illusion. It's fake. It's false. That's that rugged individualism that America lies to us. It's not true. If you really want to be a Catholic, and a Catholic in this chaotic, crazy world, you need community. You need fellow Catholics that you can share a foundation with, that you can share wisdom with, that you can share true, good, wholesome love with. We need this. And that's the beauty of this Sunday. We celebrate and contemplate the fact that God is not a single person. He's a trinity of persons. Which shows us that the fundamental building block of our lives, the fundamental building block of our society, is not the individual, it's the family. It's the friendships. It's the people around us that really make life worth living. It's not just ourselves. It's something that is so much more. 
And because of that, you and I can look at the Lord and, and be able to say something that nobody has ever said about God before the coming of Christianity, and that is that God is love. Because he is a trinity of persons in love with one another. It comes from the dogma. It comes from the wisdom. It comes from the love. And that's what we need to strive for, guys. To create a community, an orthodox community that is wise and loving. That's our purpose as Catholics. And that's how we're going to evangelize the world. And so my, my greatest encouragement to you today in this world of craziness and this world of chaoticness is stay close to your Catholic friends Stay close to your friends here at Wisdom, and let's build that community. Build a community based off of the dogma and the doctrine of the church. And may we learn how to apply this in our wisdom and our love. Amen.